Well, 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 welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Postpark Broadcast. Uh, your favorite, hopefully your favorite now, um, the, the, your favorite new show for all things theme park, entertainment, and news related. Uh, I am your host, of course, Hector Servin. Uh, welcome one and all. Did I say that? I don't know if I said that. So I know we've heard your complaints. We've heard your critiques of the show. Uh, and, and by yours, I mean mine. And one of has been the lack of intro music. I feel like intro music is still necessary at some point. Just feels like it'll make things more official. But your other complaint was also, man, this guy talks to himself a lot. He needs somebody else on here. Um, with him chit-chatting and everything about the theme park stuff and so I was like okay you know if that's your, the biggest complaint then that's what I'll get fixed and so I've invited my dear friend Dave to join us special guest Dave for today's episode David please say hello 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 to you hello to Craig it is wonderful to be here Craig <laughs> we're uh, testing out new new software and Craig is our recording bot here in uh, in our discord call ppb uh discord when um i don't know maybe maybe at some point when we get uh, you know like maybe five people that listen to the show we'll, we'll open up yeah we, we could open up some cool chat channels and things like that uh but yeah this is dave my good friend dave uh he's been on the show before a little uh cameo if you will a couple episodes back when we were live and in, in the park at universal um, that was fun. You paid for that cameo, right? That was forty nine dollars an hour. Yeah, we. Uh, I have to look at the invoice, but yeah, I probably think that's what it was. I was right up there with all the tenth uh, place Survivor contestants. Gilbert Godfrey. Yep. Hey, rest, he's still cranking him out. <laughs> he's dead, isn't he? Yeah, he's on a backlog. They're still sending him oh, out. Oh my gosh, we're gonna rest in peace. Um, that's that would be crazy. Um, so. Yeah, we've got a, a special guest, Dave. Uh, you can check Dave out on his own show, Goodbye Mellow Brick Road. Very fun show to listen to. It's very, very fun. I already said fun. I'm nervous. I'm sorry. Dave makes me nervous. Very fun and entertaining show to listen to. Um, it's a top five show. And you could, I mean, there's a top five for anything you could ever think of over there on on that podcast. Uh, I've also been on there a couple times, 10, as I mentioned previously before we started, which are, I mean, in my opinion, some of the 10 best episodes. Um, that's just my personal bias. Yeah, Dave, how would you else? I don't know if I've done it for you, but how would you describe Goodbye Melbrick Road? I think you nailed it. Uh, I think podcast and top fives um, are all you need to know. And I think if we were to make a top five episodes of Goodbye Melbrick Road episode, they would half of your uh, filmography would be included. <laughs> My podcastery, no. Your podcasterino. Pod My podcasterino. Well, it's a joy to have you here, Dave. I hope uh, you know one thing. I want the show to be is just very lax, very chill, uh, back and forth, a little bit of a bit of banta, if you will. Absolutely. What we're talking about. Yeah, while well, we're talking about some of the theme park stuff going on, and this is kind of the benefit of having an episode like every other two weeks is because you just kind of wind up with so much news, so many little things here and there to talk about. Um, I figure let's just dive into it, shall we? It, it would be an honor dive into this uh, with you. 
Perfect. Let's hold. Um, we're extending my hand out for you to hold. I'm I'm grasping at it as if we are Jack and Rose. <laughs> Blushes. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let's start at the very top here at what I have Ooh. for for news here. The and that is Star Wars movies are just kind of dead. Um, so recently it came out. I don't know if you heard about this. You seen about this? Um, <laughs> recently, like we. Have you seen most of the Star Wars shows on Disney Plus? I've seen the live action ones. Yeah, like um, Mandalorian, uh, Andor. I still haven't seen Andor, but I've heard it's very good. It's a good one. Um, and what's the other one? Book of Boba Fett. I thought that one was fine. I think if you're going to watch Mandalorian, you need to watch like the last two episodes of that show. <laughs> Obi Wan. Um, yeah, Obi-Wan, which was kind of I don't know how I felt about Obi-Wan. The last episode was very good. Um but I don't know how I felt about the rest of it. I think well should have been a musical. A musical. That would have spiced up the formula, I think definitely. Maybe this yeah, Ewan sings, right? He definitely because he was in Moulin Rouge now. Yeah, he's the most beautiful singing voice of all time. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. I haven't seen that in a while. He was in the um, Oh, that's that's right. In the live action. Yes. I forget about that. That's very (laughs) funny. Um, But yeah, there's been a a huge shakeup going on over in the Star Wars land, aside from the television side. Pretty much like every Star Wars movie right now is like dead in the water, except for one, which an interesting one at that. So apparently uh, they're. Like just they've scrapped pretty much every film that they had in development. Essentially, we had uh, if you remember, Patty Jenkins was supposed to be directing Rogue Squadron, which was going to be like a uh, I'd imagine a Top Gun in space. Right. I haven't seen Top Gun. Yeah. Is that what you would like an idea to? That's what it seemed like. And after Top Gun Maverick came out, they just said, "Eh, let's not bother. Yeah. So Rogue Squadron done uh kevin feige was also supposed to be producing his own star wars film and that looks like it's also kind of just dead in the water um i kevin feige keeps saying he's like a really big fan and it's not that i don't think he's telling the truth there um but i would have been interested to see what that idea would have been it was just going to be uh, Tom Holland and it was going to be directed by uh, <laughs> uh, Peyton Reed. And it was going to be just the, one of the worst things you've ever seen. I Yeah. And then they were going to just throw in everybody. Yoda and, was going to show up. Yeah. And it, Don Cheadle was going to be there as like Cobra Commander. And everyone was going to be like, this is so epic. And, and then it would have really bombed at the box office and they would have fired Victoria Alonso. Which is breaking news, actually. We I did not put that in there, but it's kind of breaking news. A uh, long time, like, was she like president of VFX or something like that? Like, She's, She was um, Grand Poobah of the Quantum Realm. <laughs> yeah. Grand. What did you say? Poomba? Poobah? Hmm. <laughs> like Lord Commander of of the Quantum Realm and yeah, Michael, of the, 
of the quantum realm has exited Marvel Studios. It's clearly or it's unclear as to why um, right now. But either I saw someone say that they're probably using her as like a scapegoat or it's just that it, you know, I don't know if maybe this was like something that Bob Iger kind of had a role in. Do you think maybe Iger is coming in? He's slashing and trashing. He's like, Patty Jenkins, is it ready? No, you're done. Feige, Mm -hmm. get back to work over the the other on the other lot over there. You're gone. Ica, get out of my sight. Go back to New Zealand. Well, before we're, we still got something to talk about Star Wars, but yeah, Victoria Alonso, kind of crazy that she's out. I, people, she again, she had like head role of, of VFX. Um, Marvel Studios, I believe, is like one of the like they bring a lot of work to the VFX industry. But if you remember, there were a lot of problems where a lot of VFX houses were just kind of like we're not working for them anymore because they are pretty much like grueling us with work and such much work. Yeah. Too much work. And like such short time frames to get it all done and last minute changes, things like that. Um, and then like no adequate pay, I believe is what also was the issue, which um, that's not, no one ever wants to be, work to the bone like that so i i can i can understand if this is going to be something that leads to a better relationship with vfx houses and it kind of seems like they've taken the hint that they need to slow down with a lot of these like marvel productions um especially in terms of like vfx then hopefully this is setting us back on a good track for marvel movies um i personally have had no real issue with like the recent slate especially phase four um like i've seen where the vfx is a little shoddy but it's never anything that's like taken me out of the overall thing um but still if if we can like if this is going to lead to better work environments and time uh allowances to the vfx houses then sure i'm all for it I just want to circle back when you said she had a head role at the studio. And I think it's important to mention that not only did she have a head role, but she's the first victim of when the heads will roll. But um, we do know that there's like, what, 7,000 people across all of Disney property stuff that are supposed to be getting let go, right? Yes. And, and Feige's next. <laughs> no, absolutely not. They would. <laughs> I don't think. That would be cataclysmically apocalyptic. Just that would be crazy. It's either um, him or tomorrow, and Iger can't go anywhere without that guy. So you think I? I see a lot of. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people I've seen say that they won't don't want tomorrow in. I feel like he's definitely the one being groomed, right? It's him and somebody else. It was this. Um, it was another lady that they like whoever they went to um disneyland paris recently because damara was there and then another lady but i can't remember her name don't forget about ba commissioner adam silver apparently people want the good old days of like eisner and the other gentleman i can't remember his name uh uh 
I think. Um, they want like that, part of your world that, sucks. That did what? He's like part of your world sucks. Take it out of the Little Mermaid. Nobody likes it. He said that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But well, people people are hoping that it goes in that direction where it's like there's two people in the lead role and you know one handles financial and the other handles creative essentially so it could be that it's both of them you know because they were at the they were at the oscars together like all of them and i understand that like the oscars was being presented what through like abc right yeah yeah so i mean it makes sense for them to be there but with how much time they are spending together maybe succession this is it's currently uh they're actually filming there's like a a, a a Disney Boost documentary series that's in the works. It's a four-part episode about the succession plan. Mm-hmm. It's based on HBO's uh, succession. With <laughs> that's my best succession like theme song impersonation. A week. I know. I'm very nervous for my boy Kendall. Um. Er. Yeah, that's his name, right? Kendall. Um. Back to Star Wars. Taika, you mentioned Taika Waititi. It seems like Taika Waititi's movie is the only one that's greenlit right now. No one, ha- like, we don't have any idea what the movie is. You know, there, there's no, like, rough synopsis or whatever for his idea. But it seems like Taika's is the only one that is still currently in production, or at least greenlit. And I know people, like, it's fun to hate things nowadays. I get it. But if you look at Taika's entire filmography, it's it's crazy to let people tell you he's a bad director just because of Thor, Love and Thunder, when it's like very clearly not the case. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially since like a lot of the things that people like that has now come out about what it was like to film this Love and Thunder were exactly the same things that it was like for the initial filming of Solo when it was Lord and Miller, where they were like, all right, we're going to do this scene, but then we're going to try doing the scene where everyone has a crazy hat on and they're going to, we're going to do it again. And then Mm. he was eventually like, you know what? They're not even like taking this seriously. We're going to bring in Ron Howard. And then they said, well, they didn't like it when we brought in Ron Howard. So let's just let Taika do his thing. And then he did his thing and then everyone hated that too. So it's like, you know, there's no middle ground here. It's I like still I'm baffled by Love and Thunder. I don't I wouldn't say it's bad. I do not like I don't think I've seen anything recently that I'm like, oh, this is this is bad. But it certainly wasn't the best. It wasn't um, the other one. It wasn't Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Uh, Yeah. And some like to me, what it felt like is because he's usually a funny guy. Like Taika is a very funny guy. Especially again, if you watch a lot of his other stuff, but it just seemed like a lot of the material in the movie was like they got to set and they were like, I've got an idea for a joke. Let's just go for it. You know, like it didn't seem like a lot of the stuff being said was scripted. And if it was, then I'm like, what was what was going on when they were writing? You know what I mean? It's very loosey goosey. Yeah, Chris. like it's the, it's the only one that I'll say that it. Some of the some of the lines in there were a bit cringe from my liking. He's treating it like a, how they film Curb Your Enthusiasm, basically. Yeah. So 
I mean, we'll see. I'm I'm excited. We'll see. Tyke, as it seems like, will be the first Star Wars film to come out in a long while since Rise of Skywalker, um, which was like an eternity ago now at this point. So, yeah, I think that's it for. What about isn't there a Damon Lindelof movie that's in the works? That would be I, I thought it was a show. Oh, it's a show. I think I know that the Acolyte is, I believe, still going. Um, with Lee Jong-jae from Squid Games. Um, and the Skeleton Crew, which is. Uh, what's the Star Wars man? I mean, Spider-Man. <laughs> man uh john watts yeah john watts's skeleton crew which is like about um i believe they're either kids or young adults that is still going they actually just announced today that the daniels are going to be directing at least an episode of that show the daniels from everything everywhere all at once fame good news or bad news uh i mean good i imagine right like it's definitely like good for Star Wars, but is it good for like them? Um, I I would say so. I mean, I don't think they're yeah. slumber. I think I think it'll be the way it played out for everyone in like the Mandalorian. I think everyone that's been directing episodes for that show is done fine, and I don't <sighs> think I've watched an episode of the Mandalorian from all of these. Um, directors and been like this isn't that good you know like everyone brings their own thing they're all very passionate about it so the daniel seem like they are passionate about their work so i'm you know i think it's good it will be interesting to see what they look like when they're in television land like, uh yeah. so stylistic what what will they be like when they are like not forced to a box, but like definitely part of an overarching story not just an overarching story, but also like compressed for time, you know, yeah. with the way things are going, you know, every like episode for all of these things are like five minute long episodes, which kind of yeah. stinks. But that's my, that's also my other complaint about the shows is that they're just all the episodes are way too short. And not credits enough. Are, I feel like it's been ever since day one of Disney Plus, everyone's like, these credits are so long. Yeah, they are. Because then. Then they show them in like every other language too. It's like, I think you're wondering what these people are like to people in Croatia. Here you go. Yeah. They, it's like, it feels like they didn't want to have to create export the file for each, you know, like if you're watching it in France in France, it's like, they didn't want to export the version with just the French credits because yeah, the it, movie maker can only handle so much yeah they just put them all at the end and it's like oh this episode is 50 minutes long but it's actually like just barely 40 and then 10 minutes of credit kind of crazy but um oh. you know the you know long short episodes are, are at the center of some of this controversy but speaking of controversy mm. we've got the way you put this heading thank you Oh, it was a big deal. It was a big deal in um, yeah. the theme park sphere. Universal changes and updates their logos for their parks. Now, this was something that was like the the talk of the town throughout Twitter. Um, and pretty much just about it. 
but they've updated their logos universal islands adventure city walk you know universal studios florida universal volcano bay and i've seen people describe them as like video game land logos if that makes sense mm. how do you feel about that hey I, as respectfully as possible i think these people need to realize that there is a, such a thing as a a hobby that does not involve the internet. I. What is your opinion on the the pictures? Fine. I think like, you know, yes. they're fine. And then a month from now, everyone will forget what the old ones look like. They'll be used to the new ones. And then 10 years from now, they'll get rid of these ones and everyone will freak out again. Yeah, I I think they're. I think it's fine. I've been monitoring the situation closely. Uh, and it is my assessment that they're fine. I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I don't even remember what the old ones looked like. I didn't even know City Walk had a logo. I don't think I did either, but the only one that I will say is the City Walk one. The City Walk one looks very, um, it looks very like, I don't know if to say like adult in a cartoonish way, but it's the neon, I think. I think it's the neon walk that makes me feel weird about it i don't know it looks like the logo for a bar <laughs> mm. i like kind of how it's kind of like 3d people yeah. were saying like, 3d ones look terrible and then when they were made 2d they looked fine and i was like you people are crazy they look identical yeah i like the like especially the i mean the only one worth like i guess quote unquote crying about is the island of adventure one because it kind of like it's the only one that had some kind of style to it. Like I don't think studios studios is like the same. It's just the globe and the name volcano Bay volcano Bay. I believe was just text with a little sketch of a volcano. Um, Islands of adventure. The like the first logo is the only one to me that seems like, okay, I can see where you would have a problem with this because it had like a character to it. You know, it felt very, uh, I don't want to say magical or mystical. Like, I don't know. There's something about the way it was. It looked that I can see where people would have a problem. But even then, like the new one's fine. It's just it's all fine. I do. I will say that it is kind of silly that the logo for Universal Orlando and Universal Studios are just the same. Um, yeah, there's got to be a better way to do that. Yeah. And which is another thing, too. They changed their name from Universal. Park. Uh, geez, I don't think I wrote that down, but I think the new name is Parks and Resorts. No, or is that what that was? I think that sounded accurate to me. I'm trying really hard to uh, to track down this information here. I don't know. They changed the name, but yeah, the biggest controversy the last two weeks was the changing of these logos, and in the end, we're still here. The earth is fine. And um, yeah, I think I think they're fine. It's Universal Parks and Resorts was rebranded to Universal Destinations and Experiences. Correct, because they are now opening the the park geared more towards families in Texas, as well as the Halloween Horror Nights experience over in Las Vegas, the year round Halloween Horror Nights experience. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of. They're expanding. They're expanding their footprint 
throughout the U.S. and I guess destinations and experiences is uh, better, you know, more suitable for what they're doing. Now, instead of having a park or resort, you can have a destination or an experience. And the, the choice yeah. is up to you, frankly. Yeah, honestly. I would choose an experience over a destination, but destination. I think you can get both in one. They can try. We'll see what happens with that. Any last up? Any last words on the updated images logos? I, I truly, I, I have forgotten that they even were new logos. I, I was, it was already ingrained in my brain. Yeah, I think the only thing that'll be interesting is if they change them on, which I imagine they will, right? Like on the uh, the archways and the lighthouse. I think so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when they do that. Because, you know, I think then it'll be there'll be a more better sense of like, what is this? You know what I mean? When you see it in person. Everyone will like like 95 percent of people will be like, "Hmm, that looks different than I remember. Oh, well, I'll just keep walking through the rest of the theme park that I paid money for. (laughs) Correct. It'll just be like a fleeting thought. And then. Oh, there's Velocicoaster. Go ride Velocicoaster. And uh, speaking of Velocicoaster, Velocicoaster, which is a ride that doesn't have a virtual queue. Mm. So sad. I'm trying. I'm trying my hardest here. Well, it does now have a single, what is it? A, what is a, the quick pass queue? How do you feel about virtual queue? Uh, like the Guardians kind? Yeah. I was fine with it once I learned how to do it. I. Uh, I, I'm conflicted on the virtual queue. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because Tron is currently and will be using a virtual queue system quite like Epcot's Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewinds attraction. Um, Tron will be using a virtual queue system. Currently, Tron is open until I believe a couple days before April. I'm not too sure, but as of uh, March 20th, you could now like experience Tron early. And the way to get a virtual queue is pretty much the same way that you do for Cosmic Rewind. You have certain times to wake up 7 a.m. You can get your virtual queue from wherever you are. You do not have to be in the park to get it. If you're lucky, you get one at 7 a.m. The next time slot that's available will be at 1 p.m., but you have to be in the park to be able to. Uh, try to join the virtual queue system. And then on select dates, 6 p.m. will be open with extended evening park hours. So potentially a third time, an opportunity to get your virtual queue for Tron light cycle run. But it was also said that Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind will not be dropping virtual queue as of yet. So I think... I guess it, I wonder if virtual queue is another way for them to gauge like how much work they need, how much force they need. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Cause, yeah, because I, but it's only for two attractions. Like these are the only two attractions I use it. I can understand it for Tron. Um, new, you know, new attraction. Everybody's going to be wanting to get on it, but I don't. I don't know about still needing it for Guardians. I mean, I 
part of me wonders, just based, I know we're going to get to this later, but based on some of the reactions to Tron, it might die down a little quicker than Guardians has. So they might want to keep both active is the vibe I was getting. I don't. Maybe that could be. I, I don't know. It's just virtual queue. I feel can be a headache sometimes because if you're here on a vacation, you know you're once in once a year vacation, and you suddenly miss out on getting a virtual queue. You can know you now like have no op. You miss out on it at seven a.m. You miss out on it at one p.m. And then all of a sudden, like you're you're you just have no option to do this one thing that you want to do while you're here for your one year trip. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. I think, hmm? I think it's like, I just don't understand. I like, I mean, I must be the one who's wrong about this because I remember I did virtual queue for guardians. It was like a very overwhelming experience and I had to put a lot of effort into it and a lot of research. (laughs) And I'm somebody who has been a Disney Parks fan for like the majority of my life. So these people who just randomly do it as a family vacation, it, like I would assume that they would just be completely clueless and overwhelmed, but it doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be very effective. Yeah, I do. I do think that as of late, it's it's been a lot easier to get a virtual key for Cosmic Rewind. Like it used to be it used to be like 7 a.m. And that was it there. You, you would never be able to pull anything between 7 a.m. and 1 p.m. And then 1 p.m. They would open a little bit more. And even then, like it would be kind of hard. But now it seems like I, at least from what I've seen on on Twitter is that like people have been able to go in and just it could be past 7 a.m. It could be like before one and people are still getting lucky to pull a virtual queue. Um. So it seems like it's dying out a little bit, like at least in terms of availability or lack thereof. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. That uh, makes sense. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out. Tron, Trons, I definitely understand. Again, that's going to be slammed, even though they're having again, it's open a little bit early, like pre-testing um, for general public. You can get your virtual queue for I don't know how many days. Um, it opens officially on the 4th of April. But even even with all of these people getting in early, you know, it's still going to be chaos April 4th. So virtual queue is the way to go. Dave, are you hungry? I'm call call me. Uh, oh, boy, uh, I'm starving, <laughs> Hector. <laughs> uh, would you say that uh, you're you're fancying of uh some sweet baby rays there's a snake in my boot and a rumble in my tummy (laughs) well i'm glad to hear it because we're going to be talking about roundup rodeo barbecue how exciting is that oh i feel like this is the best honor of being on this episode is that this thing is finally open not yet it's not open yet it will be open in a couple uh end of this week um, on the 23rd, I believe is the Friday as official date. I have reservations, but it's not till I believe the 26th or the 25th. No, the 24th is when it opens. And I think I'll be there the 26th. Um, I've, I was hesitant. This is a, uh, something that I've made fun of a lot because of 
another this is another thing that's been stuck in like development hell and is just now opening like decades later and it seemed like it was again another project that was just never going to come to fruition but we're here we're here it's uh i've got it like you said we've got a snake in our boots and (laughs) a rumble in our tummies um for some good old-fashioned bbq are you is this something that you would be interested in visiting when you're here are you a fan of barbecue i do like barbecue i like toy story i would definitely go to it um the menu seemed very promising um it seemed like there were lots of options i always think it's funny when they're trying to keep it themed to the area and there's not really like a pun or like a thing from the movie that works so they're they're always like it's jesse's cauliflower or Mm. rex tomato salad (laughs) Root and tune tomato salad. It's like it doesn't really make sense, but you just kind of roll with it. Um, at least yeah. it's kind of alliterative. I think it, it seems like a promising menu. I would try it for sure. Yeah, I I am certainly interested in in my visit. I, I can't wait to go. You get your nice uh, cheddar biscuits. Uh, Red Lobster who? Am I right? We'll, yeah. we'll see if they hold up. Um, it's it seems like you get a lot of food. At least for the price, because it is like forty forty five dollars per person, I believe is the price. Which is Ooh, I was I I see now. I thought it was like a I thought it was like a uh, like a Pecos bill kind of situation. No, nope, you've got to pay that, that changes it a little. Reach for the sky, because they're gonna be <laughs> taking out your coins for this <laughs> meal. I reach for that wallet while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh i remember i did kind of it hurt a little bit when i saw the price but it seems like you get a lot you get they give you your complimentary cheddar biscuits the menu says enjoy all three of the root and tune tomato salad rex's romaine and kale salad and <laughs> wheezy's watermelon salad um <laughs> so it says that you'll get all three of those which is your get a wiggle on your greens um <laughs> The next thing, round up some chow. Enjoy a platter of all of the following house smoked items. Evil Dr. Smoked Ribs. There's a sausage in my boot. That's my favorite one. Uh, Buttercuff's Beef Brisket and BBQ Chicken with style. So I don't know if that means that like you only get one of these or if you can get a little bit of all of it. Uh, you have to ask permission from the Green Army men first. That would be pretty good. Then if you're not into... Uh, meats they do have trixie's plant-based trio which is combat collie what carlo flower what <laughs> that's from toy story of terror oh really Combat carl okay well combat carlo flower that's cute <laughs> scrumptious bratwurst or rip roaring rib chop which is a uh, impossible chop meat it says upon request you can get cedar planks saloon salmon that's interesting. For the sides, you can get four of the below available mean old potato salad. Are you ready for the rest? I'm ready. Campfire roasted vegetables, the married spuds, slinky dog, mac and cheese. The dog is stretched out. Um, the claw veggie slaw, buck and baked beans, forest field fried pickles, and cowpoke corn on the cob. So you can get four of those. I don't know if that's per guest or per table. 
I just don't want to look at another human being and say, can I get the fucking baked beans? That's that's my favorite. That one with, um, what was the other one I said? The, there's a sausage in my boot. For entrees, there's sausage in my boot is my favorite. And for sides, fucking baked beans, I think is. Or slinky, the mac and cheese. Because you would have, you'd look at, I would look at them and say, I want the slinky dog mac and cheese, please. It would, I think it would be humiliating. Like it's just like we used to be cavemen. <laughs> it is. It kind of is. But that's wasn't I with you when we went to Epcot and we were at Starbucks and I asked them like that incredibly ridiculously long drink on the menu. That does sound familiar. Remember, it was like some. It was one of the teas, and the name was so long that I said it word for word, and the lady just cut me off because she was. <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember that? I I do. I'm looking. I'm trying to look it up right now. I do believe it was you. Um, and then you have the Chuck Wagon desserts. Choice of one mini pie in a jar per guest. They've put photos of these. These kind of look a little small. But uh, you have Bo's Lemon and Blueberry Cheesecake. Billy's Chocolate Silk Pie. Ghost Saddle Pie. Hmm? Who's Billy? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I've not seen any of the uh, extended, extended canon in terms of like the shorts and stuff. So maybe Billy's a part of that. I don't know. Um, Forky asks a question. Yeah. Come Correct. on, kids. You love the show. You love everyone. All you the love, love Forky. Ask him something. <laughs> He'll answer any question you have. What is love? <laughs> Goat's apple pie. Gruff's peach strawberry pie. That sounds kind of good. And speak of the devil for Lil Ryder's cupcake a la Forky. Ah, yes, we love plastic cupcakes. Mm-hmm. I love those microplastics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I've seen people. I'm trying not to let reviews, you know, sway my opinion or at least stop me from going with an open mind. But everything I've seen so far has been relatively positive. So I'm very excited to get my sweet baby rays on. I'm, I, I will live. I can't wait to live vicariously through it or perhaps live it in person myself. Yeah. Maybe when, you know, who knows, maybe you'll be here tomorrow, next week. Who knows? I, never know. I just yeah. give up on everything and go down there again. Yep. And we look forward to it to have you, <laughs> but yeah, I will be, uh, I'll try to document as much as I can of that experience. Um, with, do you, what were we saying? I'll just say it's going to be wonderful. I hope so. That's all we can ask for. Um, do you remember not too long ago at a faithful D23 event when the Imagineers came out and were like, oh, we've got all these crazy stuff that we could make you. Do you want to do you want to hear about it? Do you remember that? I'm I'm so excited. OK, well. We have none of those things as of yet, but they are trickling in little new additions to the parks here and there. And I figured we'd talk about some of those new things that we can look forward to. Are you interested in that? And I think I'm always interested in the latest and greatest that comes around Epcot. Let me know which one of these you are most excited for, okay? So we have first up, we have Moana Meet and Greet coming to Animal Kingdom. Starting April 22nd. Now, they 
say that the Moana meet and greet is going to be a brand new character meet and greet along the Discovery River. Is that not the like that little loading area that used to be an attraction? Is that not that? Um, I don't know if that's the Discovery River. It's I mean, it's definitely a river, but um, is that where she'll be meeting? It sounded to me like it was not going to take the place of Pocahontas, but would be in that same general area. The photo they have of her is in front of the tree, which I the only place I can think of is where Doug meets or yeah, the dog from yeah, the and the boy, Kevin? No, Kevin's a bird, right? Oh, uh, Russell. Russell, yeah. That's the only place. But that's not like not no, that's not next to the river. Implication is that it's not replacing anything, right? Not to my understanding. That's what makes me think it's down by where that attraction used to be. It can make sense because if it's if she's in front of the tree for the picture, it's probably just like for social media optics. Yeah. So if you're unaware, there used to be a attraction where where you frost, first cross over the bridge to like where you see the tree. If you look over to your right, there is a kind of like a loading area where it it's apparent that people would get loaded onto a vehicle of sorts on that river. And then you would just take like a boat ride around Animal Kingdom. And it used to be a little bit more interesting where there was like uh, it alluded to there being a dragon. This was when like, um, what is it? What is the land called? Beastly Kingdom. Yeah. When Beastly Kingdom was a fantastic idea that was in concept at some point and then just killed. Then they were like, well, that's too graphic because it depicted like flame coming out of a cave and it's like, oh, there's a dragon in there. But then there was like all these dead soldiers or knights. So they removed that effect and then it just became like a normal boat ride. So if when you're crossing over that bridge, if you look to your right, you can see like the little dock. I am. I'm. It's to my understanding that that's where she's going to be. I'm. I mean, I once went to a, a Mickey's Christmas party for the only purpose of meeting Moana. I mean, I love the Christmas party in general, but I went also because I was like, this is the only chance I have to meet Moana. So, you know, the me of four years ago is a little bit like, where was this four years ago? But you know, <laughs> I'm glad that other people will have their chance now. Yeah. So starting April 22nd, we will, you know, we'll see if, if that's where she's going to be at. But speaking of Moana, her attraction in Epcot, is going to be opening in the fall of this year. And that is just about the only news we have of that. Why isn't she meeting in Epcot? Exactly. Thank you. That is, that is like kind of what I was thinking. I know a lot of people have a problem with, it seems like a lot of people have a problem with everything, but everyone's <laughs> had a problem with like the idea of Zootopia going in animal kingdom. Everyone's had an idea, a problem of Moana going into animal kingdom, I believe. Um, and it's, it's like, yeah, she has an attraction at, or she will have an attraction at Epcot. Why wouldn't you just put her in there? Right. Like, especially since it's not like a, like a big ride experience. Like, it seems like a place that would naturally be a spot where you could meet a character. Yeah. Um, like, maybe she's at the center, you know? Or <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't make the decisions, but it's not like a huge thing. But it's just one of those that it's like, well, wouldn't it make sense if she was by her attraction at the Moana area? 
But could it be that she's meeting at Animal Kingdom? Could it be a sign that the Moana expansion is like a real thing? It would be a bold move to make a Moana land in Epcot and then make a Moana land in Animal Kingdom. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a land. It's just like a walkthrough attraction. Is it not taking up like that whole center part of Futura? It is kind of, but, <laughs> I, but it's all one thing. Like it's not, it's yeah. not m- multiple. There's no other things to do in there other than just walk around and like touch water or whatever. It's like the beginning of the that uh, I don't know. I'm not going to continue this thought because I think it might be disrespectful to people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I'll stop you right there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Journey of Water inspired by Moana will debut this fall in World Nature at Epcot. Uh, this interactive walking trail will take you through the natural water cycle from rain to oceans and all the way back up to the skies. There have been like people taking photos from the monorail loop. It's looking nice. It is admittedly looking that uh, it is looking very nice. I am excited to go walking through there, especially going to see that huge statue of Tefiti that is going to be fun so I am still excited for Journey of Water whenever that comes to fruition in the fall it's crazy how accurate she looks from that photo or that Tefiti it's like the cartoon is just alive yeah it is very it is very good I I will give him that it's a very nice uh, ginormous statue and now that we're in Epcot, let's just keep talking about Epcot news. This was one that I'm not very much looking forward to. But Josh Tomorrow came out and was like, <laughs> when he baited everybody and was like, look at this picture of the Imagination Pavilion. We're going to give you guys what you've always wanted for so long now. And everybody was like, you're going to redo the ride. And he goes, no, we're doing a meet and greet character. Figment meet and greet arrives at the Imagination Pavilion in later summer. I think I meant to put late summer, but late summer. Now, he, when he came out and said that, he said the Imagineers are cooking up something for a unique meet and greet experience with Figment. But in this like thread of announcements, they specifically say like you can go hug Figment. So I don't see how unique the experience will be if you can go hug him. You know what I mean? Because the guy inside is going to talk. You think? Hey, it's me. It's me, Figment. What's up, guy? Hey, it's Figment. <laughs> it's like, yeah, give him free reign. He can just talk about whatever he wants. There, we've had, like, once upon a time ago, there, there's, there has been a Figment uh, face character, and it's just somebody in, like, this humongous Figment costume. I, it'll be, like, really sad if that's the case like even me like for someone who absolutely hates figment to to be like yeah we're cooking up we're we got the chefs in the kitchen cooking right now for this awesome figment experience or unique figment experience and then it's just a guy in a costume or a woman um it's just it's gonna be very disappointing betty's gonna fly that would be kind of cool if they did like a thing where like it's a projection of him flying around and then he lands behind a wall and then that's when the real person comes out. You know what I mean? Or he's going to be like 300 feet tall. Yeah. 
Or if they, you know what they need to do is they need to open that second floor of the Imagination Pavilion that used to be open. The One of those things in a TikTok that says forbidden areas of Disney, I always have the urge to explore. Yeah, but it's not forbidden because I, I think it's still a DVC thing, no? Everything's a DVC thing. Yeah, anything that you can't get to is DVC. So I think where Fuzzy is. Where, where? Fuzzy. Oh, yeah, in the... <laughs> What's the name of that building? Horizons. No, that's the name of the attraction next to it. Um, Wonder the There you go. And uh, so we have concept art for. What a harsh transition. Oh, my gosh. Uh, moving on to another meet and greet. They dropped some concept art for the new Communicore Hall that's going to be going in Epcot. And they said, yeah, Communicore is going to, oh, Communicore Hall is going to open and it's going to be home to uh, Mickey and Friends when it opens. If you remember Mickey and Friends, it was like the dedicated meet and greet area and communication pavilion, I believe is what it was called. And you just went in there and you met Mickey Mouse and whatever. The concept art that they have here, it's it's literally just... They're the same things that they tore down. I think I speak for all Disney fans when I say, finally, this is happening. Elaborate. Explain. What do you mean by that? Because for years at Epcot, we've been wondering, oh, what are we going to get? When are we going to get a new Communicore Hall? And when are we going to put Mickey and his friends in there? And mm-hmm. after all these years of waiting, you know, people have wanted Tron or Marvel or Star Wars, but there's there's a dedicated bunch of us who are who have just been on pins and needles waiting for Mickey and his friends at Communicore Hall. It's very exciting. The silent, the silent minority. Yes, it's uh, it's kind of this is kind of this kind of sucks because <laughs> it makes me mad, especially as someone who absolutely fell to their knees when they announced that they, well, I mean, they didn't really announce it. They just took it out of the concept art that they were getting rid of that incredible festival center building. And, and for what, like, why did we cut that just to remake the same buildings we already had? Because this time it'll be new and then (laughs) it's going to sparkle more, I guess, or, you know, like, this is just classic um, American <laughs> manufacturing and architecture because, <gasps> like, we could have had high speed rail across the country, just like <sighs> countries in the East do, um, years ago. But we were like, oh, this is going to take like 30 years. That's going to, that's so long. Let's not do it. And then 30 years passed and nothing happened. And all these countries, in like China and Japan, have all these things because they spent the 30 years making it. It's just like this again, like 20 years from now, they're going to be like, oh, we have to overhaul Epcot, but it's going to take too long to make it pretty. So just make it look the same. And then we'll just keep cycling back through this problem over and over again. Yeah. Because it's like, do you remember you would walk into Epcot, you pass Spaceship Earth, and on the, like, if you would go through the right side, there was a Art of Disney store or something like that. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, that first photo in this tweet that they put out, and that's it. That's literally that place right there. <laughs> it's got like this figment made of art or like different. It's like a painting or a statue. That's just I don't know how to explain it, but it's got like all these other art pieces of artwork. Like you have something from 
inside out here that you can see again you have figment you have things hanging from the ceilings um you have a, a woman taking a selfie with mickey steamboat mickey that's also like just painted all over this is that art of disney building that was there before it's the same thing and the only difference i believe from like for communicore hall is like whatever they're going to incorporate the festival center stuff with like they say they're going to be performances there that's where they're going to house a lot of like the merchandise and things like that so to my understanding that communicore hall is like the only new or interesting thing in that area is going to be the festival stuff it's a it's a bold adjective to use interesting i'm sad that build that festival center that was high in the sky and then you could go on the roof <sighs> but this That's one will have daisy duck on the inside so it's I just to get both i have no like i just will never get over cutting that building that thing was so good this is like where they're like, this is also a good thing you should be excited about. But it's kind of like that that old Ralph Waldo Emerson poem called Fable, where it's about a mountain and a squirrel having a conversation about and the mountain's like, oh, you're just a little squirrel. You don't matter. And the squirrel's like, well, sure, you have like trees and animals and rocks on you, but I can crack a nut. So we're pretty much equal, right? Like we're mm-hmm. all the same. That's what this is. It's like, well, this is a meet and greet. And that's the same as a two-story building that Hector can go to the top of, right? It's exactly like that. Yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> I, I just, I have no words. But I don't want to stop. Let's let's get away from Epcot, from all these painful memories. Let's 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 move away. Let's get on that monorail loop and head on over to Magic Kingdom, where Mirabelle, Mirabelle and Kanto, what's her last name? Madrigal. Maribel Madrigal is going to be having her own meet and greet coming to Magic Kingdom. She's currently, she will be taking the place of where Merida is currently. Um, that area is like really tucked away, in my opinion. Do you know where I'm talking about? You've seen yeah, it. Like on the way to Fantasy It's like Park. by the, yeah, it's like, but like right to the left of the Cheshire right. thing. You can see cosmic rays from it. I believe so. It's um, yeah, that's where she'll be. That's where she will be when her meet and greet is coming. So with that being said, Merida has finally met her fate and is going to be kicked out. She's getting evicted and they're going to transform that area to look like Casita Madrigal from the hit movie, the hit billion dollar printer in Canto. Oh. It's it's news to me that the Brave era is over. Like Brave is done now at the parks. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't think that there would be any denying that this is going to be a much more popular spot for the youths and the youngins. Absolutely. I'm I'm interested to see because it says it's going to transform into casita. I don't know if that means that just the facade of the front of the house is going to look like casita, and she just stands outside of it. Or if it'll be like you walk in a little bit, you know what I mean? I say that. I'm sorry. Was it? You get, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it'll probably be a little bit more intensive than the Merida thing, but probably still not what it could be. I mm. think it'll just be the front facade. Well, aren't they? 
I mean, I know it's not confirmed, but like they want to maybe potentially do an Encanto land in, in like Frontierland, right? Yeah, they the way that they said it made it seem like all of those things were just an extension of Frontierland when yeah, they, they should just be. Yeah, when they should just be its own land or a new land. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Madrigal Square. <laughs> I don't know about Madrigal Square, but I would say like. <laughs> um what do we have we have frontier land we have fantasy land we have tomorrow land columbia spanish land <laughs> where you where you put Encanto, uh and coco and what was the other one all over there and the villains land the famous spanish villains <laughs> land that's where you will be able to find um enrique what is it ernesto de la cruz yeah there you go so, yeah, I mean, this is fun. It's cute. Like you said, it's Merida is the brave era is, is over. We're now entering Encanto era. So it'll be fun. It'll, again, just another fine addition, I think. Uh, yeah, I, mean, it'll be, it's, I mean, it only took them a little over a year to do a Mirabal one. It took them. Which is crazy. Like, you would think that a movie that made so much money would get fast tracked. Like, I would have thought this would have happened almost instantly, you know, when the movie came out. Alana or Encanto? Encanto, like this Mirabelle meet and greet. I would have, like, the first thing they rushed in from Encanto, I believe, was a little, like, character on a parade in Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Like, as soon as we don't talk about Bruno was on the, the billboard charts, they should have been... Back to the drawing board. Yeah. So I guess better late than never, of course. But uh, this is just something that I would have thought would have happened years ago at this point. So, yeah, Mirabelle is coming. And the girl that they have in the photo, it's a very good, like, cartoon to live action representation, I think. I think she looks what I imagine Mirabelle would look like in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if she came hunting you down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because that's what she's known for is hunting. Mm -hmm. All to avenge her family. But they don't talk about Bruno. Bruno is actually um, the arbiter of their purgatory. I think that they've got a good material here for a prequel. I mean, I don't think we've heard the last of Encanto at this rate. There's Inside Out 2 is coming, so anything's possible. Which is, again, crazy. I would have thought Encanto would, but I don't know. Do you like Welcome the to the family. Moana is, Moana's got her arms folded and she's smiling. And Mirabelle's like, what am I doing here? And she's smiling. And then it's just Mickey and friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like, come in here and meet Mickey and his friend. It's, come meet Mickey it's, where he used to be, where you, you were used to meet him the last time. <laughs> Except this time, there's triangles on the wall. Isn't that, isn't that something? But, you know, since you brought up Mickey Mouse again, our good old friend who's going to be meeting at Epcot, it's a perfect time to say that Epcot is actually going to be hosting the Disney 100 celebration at Walt Disney World, which... I don't know how they were decided it would be Epcot, but 
that's where like the main stuff is going to be happening. They also dropped a bunch of concept art for what the like finished area is going to look like there next to Communicore Plaza and the new Communicore Hall. We're going to be able to go see the uh, Dreamers Point where Walt is sitting on the toilet. Um, and you can go take a picture with him. Do you think this Walt statue is going to be ginormous or do you think it's going to be like they just they're just making it look bigger than what it looks like in the photo? It's going to be uh, Lincoln Memorial sized. I would actually I would actually you can't be mad at that. I would be pretty impressive. They had the gall to do that. It would be shocking. It would be very, very shocking. I um, again, it's hard for me to be excited about Communicore Plaza ever since they cut out that building. But sure, I guess, you know, playful and innovative lighting is going to make up for it um, with the new 100th celebration offerings that they're going to be doing over at Epcot. And when I think I like that they've just kind of dropped the pretense of no Epcot is still like everyone. There's all these people out there who are mad that Epcot is not like the Epcot it was. And it's got like Frozen and Ratatouille and Guardians of the Galaxy. And they've just kind of dropped the pretense of like pretending that they were like, no, no, these all fit because like Peter Quill is on like a field trip. He was here. Yeah, he was here. And Remy is in France. They're just like, ah, screw it. It's animation. Come see it at the 100th anniversary over here. And by by hosting the what they mean by Epcot hosting the 100th celebration is that they're going to put out a new cupcake and <laughs> that's it. There will also be a spirit jersey, but it'll, it looks a lot similar to the one from last year. Yeah, it's going to have 50th crossed out in red and then they're just going to hand written 100 on it and we'll get one television special that is hosted by the huff siblings i would love for them to do more like world of disney you know like the way walt used to do it where he'd be like this is what we're cooking up he said they were bringing back the world of disney but apparently it was just to air finding nemo on sundays really and they said, the wonderful world of Disney is coming back January 2023. And I was like, this is great. And then I just looked at it and it was like, we're just going to play Finding Nemo at eight o'clock on ABC. Who would you want to be the Walt figure for a world of Disney show? Like someone, the who would you want to be the person to be walking around and being like, oh, let's see what what news come in. Let's like a look at take a look at our imagineer here working on this new prototype or whatever, who would you most likely see doing that? Because it wouldn't be Iger. Hector, this I would is, like for him to do it. This would be the perfect job for you. To do World of Disney? Hey, you should be the host. I don't know. That's... I don't know. I, I barely... I think I already do subpar here. I don't know if I could do World of Disney. Um, well, let's look over here to where, what Daphne's doing on uh, whatever, on Villain's <laughs> Land. <laughs> You're crushing it so far. Wow, thank you. Um, I think John Stamos would be... I don't, I'm not saying he would be my pick. I'm saying he's a big enough fan that I think would be... They'd reach out to him, you know? should do... They, um, they should probably Pratt. get like... Let's go with it's so I mean if it's like if it's like a Disney person 
I'm thinking probably Chapek if it's like an actor or like a performer. I <laughs> think you, you got to go with uh, I think Glenn Howerton would be good. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, like Mark Margaret Atwood. I think she's still alive. We could get her into the mix. The thing is, when when Michael Eisner would do those um, Roger Roger Rabbit esque promo videos. They work so well to me because he's so uncomfortable. Like he's so <laughs> awkward that they work, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess we would need somebody like that. Like it would be more of a mix of it would be who framed Roger Rabbit type. And you've got one guy or woman doing like interacting with animated figures, learning about what's coming up. Being. I think Victoria Alonso has some room in her schedule. <laughs> I mean, she she's out of one Disney company. I don't think they'd put her in another one. Yeah, they just they'll just shuffle like they'll just shuffle them around. Like James Gunn will come back, or they'll like they'll throw like Ariana DeBose out there, and then people will get sick of her, and they'll be like, "All right, we're gonna actually gonna cut ties with her and go with the next person." Or they'll just be like, "You know what? Screw it. This works every other time. Let's just do Kimmel." Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. We'll get Kimmel. We'll get James Gunn wearing a Superman shirt. We'll get. Um... I said James Gunn, right? Yeah. Okay. And um, I don't know. Yeah. Bring back Eisner. That's I guess we'll just leave it at that. You should just be the host. Yeah. He doesn't need to be CEO again. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can just do the host. And I'm sure. He doesn't. He's like a Ted Lasso, right? Like he manages a soccer team or he's. What? Eisner? Yeah. Doesn't he like have his own team or something? Is he the one who's involved with the zone? I don't know. I just it's to my understanding that he has like a team. Michael Eisner. Soccer. Uh, Portsmouth Football Club. Sure. All right. <laughs> Fits, I guess. Love it. Well, before we get to our final discussion, we're already at the hour. Jeez. Um, first time ever, a Pete and meet, <clears throat> a Pete meet and greet. Oh God, has happened over at Disneyland for the opening of their new revamped Toontown. I, if your memory serves correct. Go picture yourself going to Storybook Circus right now. Okay, you walk in, and on your left is the big tent uh, for the merchandise, right? The little store. And if you keep going a little bit behind there, there's like a there's a meet and greet area. Am I crazy that Pete is on a poster over there? Isn't it his silly sideshow? Am I misremembering? Like I, I'm, I'm very clearly remembering that I've seen his face over there, on that circus tent. I think so. Yes. So I've always been under the impression that he's always been there, like as a character. Oh, I definitely have never seen him as a character before. I've never seen him, but I don't like doing those things. So I just saw, I just remember seeing his face on the poster, and I, I was like, oh, that's cool. There's a Pete meet and greet. So I was always under the impression that this was a thing. Um, it was the great Goofini. Um, 
Donald Donaldo or something like that. Um, and then Daisy's and then like Minnie the Magnificent or something. Uh, Minnie Daisy, Donald Goofy. It was Pete running the, sh- the show, but you could not meet Pete. This is the first I've seen of Pete in like an actual like costume. Yeah. So I think that being like Pete's whatever, I think I was just under, I was like, oh, he's in there. That's cool. But I've just never gotten in there. Yeah, he's a cat, apparently. It's like, that's kind of fucked up. (laughs) I I don't know what he looks like. Like, he's too big to be a cat for me. I just thought he was a dog because he lived in Goofy's dog world. And he's always hanging out with Goofy. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, that's weird. Interesting. And that's a nice fun fact, I guess. (laughs) But uh, yeah, you can, you can meet him in Toontown now. To me, since since this is his first public appearance, the only thing I can think of when I see Pete, and I know he existed long before this, but the only thing I think of when I think of when I see Pete is Kingdom Hearts. And so in my head, it's like we are getting closer and closer to more Kingdom Hearts representation. I know that's a silly way of thinking it, but um, if we just get Maleficent in there and she meets with Pete, then that would just be, that'd be it. That's all the signs I need. And, um, are you, are you familiar with Kingdom Hearts lore? I am. And I was the, uh, the Disney D23 on Instagram is doing a best Mickey Mouse March Madness tournament. And Kingdom Hearts Mickey just lost to, uh, uh Christmas Carol Mickey. You're to Christmas Carol? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's a joke. You're joking I, with me. I voted for the Christmas Carol one. Oh, you are one and done here on the Post Park broadcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, uh, help me in kicking Dave Mello off of this show. I love Christmas. What can I say? I love a quit Christmas. I can't. King Mickey should have won. That's insane. I can't believe you just told me that actually just hurt. Um <laughs> Please play Kingdom Hearts for those who haven't. This fantastic game. So much story about friendship and strength from those you love. It's a phenomenal experience. Thank you. Sounds beautiful. And uh, that's it for for the news. We uh, we do have plans to talk about Tron. I've experienced it twice at this point. Well, more than I've gone. I've been on it twice. Been on it more than twice but on two separate occasions. So as someone who is not here, Dave, do you have any questions about the attraction, what it entails and all that fun stuff? I have a lot of questions. Um, We all, we are all familiar with the outer part with the big bank. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess my first question would be, um is that outdoor part like the big money money moment of the ride um similar to like that big drop on expedition everest being the money moment or is there more on the inside that we just don't know about yet there is it's hard to say because there's stuff inside like it is a very uh i i imagine and it's yeah, it's hard to say because you you immediately zoom out into that big bank and then you go inside the show building. The big bank is like five seconds, I think. You're outside at 
Mm. A good a good length amount of time you're outside and then you go back in and there's a bunch of Tron-esque props that you go through. I believe the whole point is you're going through these uh, like checkpoint things that they are constant. Like you go through one, they're like five checkpoint, one first checkpoint, second checkpoint, collected or whatever. Um, mm. Is it, is, did I, is there, I don't think there was ever a moment inside that I was like, oh, you know, like this is, that just blew my mind or whatever. The outside portion is very fun. It's especially at night when you get to see the canopy lit up the beautiful blue. And sometimes it like switches to orange and things like that. But I don't know if there's, at least I didn't feel like there was a big. Oh, moment inside, you know, it's not, it's not to say that it's not exciting or thrilling. There's, um, there's some really cool, like, they play a lot with reflections and lights and stuff like that. Um, that I did find myself going like, Oh, that's cool. How they did. They made me think this way because of the reflection. Um, do you care about spoilers? Does it, do you think that'll be fine? Oh, I've seen enough of it over the years. <laughs> well, there's like a part where you're, you're on your little light cycle and there's a part where you, kind of bank right and next to you is like just the wall it's it's just the wall but your left side of your wheels they change it to the orange color so that it looks like there's another cart of light cycles next to you from the orange team <clears throat> so it's like you bank so close to the wall that the reflect they turn on the left side of the wheels orange so that the reflection looks like it's another train coming close to you like also banking left the same time you go right i think it would feel like the tron movie scene yeah it is very it's a really cool like just simple effect that you're like oh yeah it's supposed to be the orange team right next to you or whatever and i think they even play like there's a speaker right there that plays a a sound as if they passed you or whatever like you come close to hitting them mm. And then there's the big, I guess the biggest moment, which is at the end where it does that like curved screen thing and you can see the orange team and they try to cut you off, but then you do it and then they explode and you win. Sounds fun. Um, yeah, it, it was fun. I wouldn't yeah, say um, that it was worth the, like how long it took. Like there's, it's crazy that it took so long. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Thing. huh pretty sure it was taking so long that i signed it like the little thing yeah the last my name's on there too <laughs> i had i had our good friend Courtney campbell signed my name on there so oh. shout out to Courtney campbell my name is on the tron ride somewhere um but uh it is best yeah. at night you say yes i think it's best at night because when you shoot out like the canopy is all lit up like it's so it's it's very beautiful under there with the blue and then sometimes it like ripples blue then sometimes it's orange sometimes it just it does a lot of cool stuff and and the wheels look nice lit up in blue and just it's all blue and it just looks so so nice and i know a lot of people have been saying it's a little too short and sometimes a, sh a ride that's too short can be a letdown for me do you uh, do you agree with this sentiment 
that it's too short. I do. Is I've seen people make the comparison to Rock and Roller Coaster with Aerosmith because that one apparently is, if not the same length, just about to my understanding. But for whatever reason, Rock and Roller Coasters doesn't seem that short to me. Or maybe it does, and I just haven't been on it in a while. But I, I think about it, and I just don't feel as short of a ride time on that one than I do with Tron. Like, it feels... It does feel like it's over quickly. That's, and I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe because it's all this, like, five, six, seven years of hype that you think it would be longer? I, I think so. It might be the, like, length of time that it's taken us to get here that probably is not helping its case i i still again i still had fun it is a fun attraction but for you to go and wait for like however long the wait is going to be and then you just one scream and you're done you know it's going to be it's going to i know people are not going to like that you know right i mean sounds gonna like it's gonna be a fun time either way even if it doesn't quite reach the heights of some of the great Orlando roller coasters. Yeah, I think it's a fine addition. I, I, again, had fun. Like, we, the second time, the second event that we went to for it, we got on as many times as they, like, you wanted within the time frame. And I went on it, I think, three times. And it just, it was fun. Like, it just... I I looked forward to getting on it. The only thing is like you walk in, you're in the line. And before you walk into the actual building, you're in this corridor. And th- that day on Saturday, I don't know if nobody was wearing deodorant or what, but the stench in there, <laughs> so it's like there was no ventilation in this hallway because it, it started smelling really bad. And I hate to be this way, but... It was like on my second ride through that I walked in and I like, I just, I don't know. It was, <laughs> it got very humid in there. It didn't feel like there was any air circulating through there. And I think that's, uh, I hope that's something they can fix because it was not a, <laughs> not a pleasant thing to smell. It's just trying to bring the magic of the tunnels right up above. Yeah, I, I've never been down there, but. Yeah. So there's that. One thing I would recommend is to you're going to want to instinctively, at least for me, you're going to want to instinctively lay down completely. Like if you were on a real bike, do not do that. (laughs) Do not lay fully down on the bike. You will experience the worst pain in your chest that you've ever felt in your entire life if you do that. Because for whatever reason, the curve right there where you lay down, it is so like, it is such a strong curve that it just digs into your chest and you won't feel it until you get off. I did that though. I made the mistake the first time and it was, it hurt so bad. Like it, I felt like someone actually, I felt it was like if the Hulk actually beat my chest to a pulp, like that's how much it hurt. So I would recommend not to do that. Just go against every instinct you have of, you know how in Hagrid's you kind of, you know, you you grab the handles, but you want to lean forward. Yeah. Yeah. Do not do it on, on Trump. It's, it hurts. 
This is not Haggard's. This is not Haggard's. This is you're in the grid now. Totally different game. And it it's painful. So just like, you know, kind of like. Don't lean back all the way, but just keep your head up, your chest up, and it's the perfect way to ride it. It's good advice. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, one of the I thought I enjoyed the way Universal does lockers, but the way Tron does it, I'm like, this is way better. It, it's. It's I just, it just feels more efficient. You walk in and it's this huge, this long hallway. And if I'm not mistaken, there are seven different like chunks of lockers to choose from like the numbers go from 100 to 700 something and instead of like the way universal does it where you're crammed in there and you have to scan your pass and it opens one for you in tron you just walk in and you find one that is lit up blue you go put your magic band or your ticket whatever up against it and then it unlocks it you open it you put yourself you close it and then you just keep going and then when you come back, you just you remember your number. When you get off the attraction, you open it again and grab your stuff and you get out. So there's no like crowding around a screen waiting for for like the person in front of you to open a locker. You just go find one that's available and and then you go. I can dig it. And I hate to say that that was like one of my biggest highlights but it was like the the logger system was just so much more efficient and smooth and if you get on it i'd recommend just going straight to like the 700 section because the 700s are the first one you come across when you get off so you just get off immediately grab your stuff and then you just keep walking out i get smooth like that yeah it's I like hate how excited I was about how how good the locker system was. I appreciate that you had the enthusiasm for it. Yeah. And the additional seats, like the the, the ones that aren't the cycle, the bikes, I heard a t- cast member say that it's every other every other train. So if that's something that you prefer, like you'd rather do the seat. It's to my understanding that she said it's every other cart. You just have to like ask for it. Gotcha. I can, I mean, that's still, it's like it, I still think it'd be pretty viable either way. Yeah. There are the test seats outside, um, which are way too close to the line. I think that those test sheet, test seats should have been like somewhere else, but that's just me. Sounds like, and I think it would just be a wonderful experience, especially if I was able to be able to do it with you. It is. And, and I think it would be, oh, also do not like the handles for whatever reason are like just straight metal and they like kill your hands. I mean, I don't know who decided that just straight, like chunks of metal on this attraction would be a good idea, but they need to add like rubber grips or something because those things hurt your hand. Real bad. I love that Hagrid's had this perfect like motorcycle kind of handles and 
posture technology and it all seems like it went well and then all, there's all these like warnings that you're giving for tron yeah it's crazy like i did not i it just it's such a i don't know like the minute my hands started to feel any kind of pain i was like these things are metal like straight up just metal like why why would you do this why have you forsaken me no padding um, whatsoever yeah no padding whatsoever it's kind of it's it's an interesting choice i will say that so just be careful not to push too hard on the grips on the handles just you know kind of grasp firmly grasp it <laughs> but yeah i think i think it's gonna be fun i think people are gonna like it hopefully and um josh tomorrow has said that you know this was just the beginning of cool attractions that are coming soon so we'll see how long how many more decades it takes for the next one magic kingdom will next expand in 2045 yeah with spanish land <laughs> see all your favorite spanish people yeah oh and the and the merch for tron looks incredible like i thought cosmic rewinds merch was gonna was the best attraction merch in existence, but Tron is, is looking to blow that out of the water. You can buy a jacket that lights up. You can buy a whole helmet. You can buy the actual identity discs that you buy different colors for to change the color on it, kind of like the Holocrons and the lightsabers at Star Wars. It looks awesome. Or truly the arbiter of all things merch quality. Yeah, I, I would say so, and I hope. Um, but like I, I'm itching. I want to be there on the fourth just to buy all of it. It's your favorite, yeah. But uh, now that we're done with Tron, any other questions on Tron? I think it sounds like a a mild yet rip roaring time. Correct. And I'll be interested to see all of the discourse that comes with uh, the opening best part of every ride <laughs> well i think that's uh i think that's gonna be it for today what an absolute honor treat and delight this was i love this podcast so much and to be able to be on it is truly truly a magical experience thank you for your kind words uh thank you dave for being on the show today it's nice to finally talk to somebody that's not myself um i feel like it makes it it makes it easier and I think the fact that we're over an hour already is a, is a good testament to that. So thank you again, Dave Mello. Go check out Goodbye Mellow Brick Road. I'll link that below. Um, Dave, do not hang up to yet, but that is it for the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you've made it to the end, we'll see you for the next episode with hopefully even more news, more exciting news, and the review for, uh, what's the thing called? Roundup Rodeo barbecue <laughs> and yeah whatever the future entails with that being said thank you so much everyone and we'll see you in the parks <laughs>